Aloha everyone and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal life journeys with creators you know and love. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already and stream the podcast episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Today is an in-person interview and I'm so excited to have you here. If you guys do not know who is sitting across from me, you obviously have not spent longer than 30 seconds on TikTok because <laughs> she is the queen of comedy TikTok and oh. the person person who single-handedly popularized the sped up effect on TikTok Aww. as well. Please, everyone, welcome Jess. Oh, Thank you so hi, much for coming. Everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, this is so exciting. It's so cool to see you like here in Hawaii. Like I don't get to have like in-person guests awesome often and to have you like here sitting across from me and like this is the first time we've met in person. I know. It's so freaking cool. Thank it, you so much. You have no idea how much this means to me because like literally March of 2020, <laughs> I am sitting in my childhood bedroom about to graduate from college into a world of nothingness <laughs> and I would literally have your videos on repeat. You're literally really? like the third or fourth person on my follow list. Really? Like, yes. Oh yes. I would watch your videos religiously. Like every, it would be my daily routine is watching oh, your videos. Way. So this is unbelievable for me. <laughs> so I don't think you understand. Thank you so much. Of course. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. That's so cool because I remember Absolutely. like um, when you first started blowing up and I honestly don't remember when it was, but I remember like you have the, and if you guys have watched your videos, you know what I'm talking about. Like the, the sped up effect with the comedic sketches mm -hmm. that you do. And I'm like, oh my God, this girl is hilarious. <laughs> I can tell she's a fellow theater kid I right away. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was just like cracking up at your content and I saw that it was like a, it shows like follows you when someone, you know, follows you. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, oh. she seems so cool. And like, literally, I can't tell you how many of your videos, I have just like busted over laughing. And the thing um, that just amazes me about your content is like, you just keep it coming. Like you are always, all of your content is so funny. It's so original. And I'm constantly just scratching my head of like, how do you even like, think of these ideas consistently like your brain is amazing. It's, it's the oh, amount of hilarious content. That's really sweet. Thank you. Uh, it's, I mean, it is really challenging because like you spend lots of time on TikTok. You you try to, you know, see what the the cool hip thing is that everyone's <laughs> yeah. like digging these days. <laughs> um so like really doing a lot of research, spending a lot of time, like trying to think of things that are like relatable. Mm -hmm. Something that can be able to hit every person in the feels and the heart, yeah. you know? So yeah. it it takes a lot of like personal experience also mm -hmm. like I go home and I'm with my family because I do yeah. make a lot of like family content teacher mm -hmm. content mom siblings all that stuff so getting a lot of like inspiration from them mm -hmm. and experiences from them that yeah. has definitely helped me um my dad sometimes makes uh videos with me and he is super duper funny and he helps me a lot think of like think of ideas as well that's so, so awesome i love that you have that like family dynamic yeah like um th that i feel like that would be like super helpful and also just to be in that environment where everyone's just like playing around and making jokes and having fun right like i feel like definitely would like play a part into your content but like i'd love for you to like introduce I i'm sure all of you guys who are listening and watching know know who Jess is but like feel free to like introduce yourself and like what you know what your background story is and like what got you started into TikTok yeah yeah so I'm Jess I'm uh, my username is Jess Val Ortiz on Instagram and TikTok uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Back in March of 2020, kind of like w we both started at the same time. Mm -hmm. We blew up at different times, though. I mm -hmm. blew up about a year after you did. Mm -hmm. um, but I downloaded TikTok uh, right whenever I was graduating from college. Um, I got my BFA in musical theater from Penn yes. State. And it was Love a really it. scary time because, like, I was going to move to New York City. Mm. I was going to, you know, try to get an agent, go to auditions. But, you know, Broadway way was closed for two years yeah and so i couldn't be able to do that and so my only creative outlet was tiktok mm -hmm. and so i made content for about you know eight months and then once it hit uh november of 2020 mm -hmm. that's when i hit one million followers yes. which was really cool it was very cool um you know milestone mm -hmm. i suppose mm -hmm. and then you know but i i wasn't 
making content that I loved or was passionate about or found enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So it was like really hard for about the next six months. I kind of plateaued. I didn't, wasn't getting very good, you know, engagement. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't really find myself like going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this was like a new passion of mine. I really wanted to content create. I really wanted to make, you know, videos and make people laugh. And so I was like, I need to, I need to, you know, think of something else. I need to try something else. And so the the fast speed thing ended up being uh, a hit. Yes. And so I, I I took that. I ran with it. I had so much fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even was able to collaborate with a couple other people. Like I flew to LA and like um, so other people wanted to like do the fast speed thing with me. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so exciting and great. So I um, ended up doing that for a while, and now I'm kind of starting to transition a little bit because Ooh, I, I love, love I loved doing that, and I still, you know, here and there will do those kinds of videos mm-hmm. just because I know that that's like, you know, what <laughs> where I feel like my roots are yeah, and definitely. like what the people really like to see from me. But like I have all, and we can definitely get into this yeah, I'd love um, to. because you're kind of in this world, but like, I love like makeup and beauty. Ooh, like that is something uh-huh. that I've always loved, but I was never good at. Hmm. So I was like, I don't feel like there's really a place for me in, in this world because I'm not like an expert at it. I'm not an expert at makeup or skincare or beauty hair, mm. like all that stuff. So I guess I never really tried it. But Mm -hmm. now I'm starting to try it out. I post a couple of videos. Um, Just the other day, it got over 100,000 likes. So I was like, okay, maybe there there is like a place for me in this world. Like that is definitely something I would love to try. And I'm definitely with the right crowd right now. (laughs) You know, definitely. You should totally pursue it. And especially like nowadays, like I feel like the YouTube beauty community kind of made the world world of cosmetics a little bit inaccessible because the production value became such a huge thing and Mm -hmm. it was like if you wanted to become a you know beauty influencer quote-unquote you had to like have perfect makeup and studio lighting and a team to help you and like all this stuff but like now with TikTok and especially like the audience you have is just like like screw that like it's it's all about like you know meeting people where they are what Mm -hmm. they understand and let me tell you guys like your your beat is flawless I don't know what you're talking about if you say you don't know makeup and your skin is like gorgeous too so like even and I mean I started with skincare too like I started into skincare when I was like, it's way too late. No one's going to be interested in this anymore. Like, because, you know, you have to be at such a top tier level. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really like what I thought for so long. And there turned out to be a huge audience. So I think like that's a really cool direction to for sure to. but i thought what was so cool about you is that like yeah people have touched on skincare mm-hmm. a little bit but it was mostly makeup it was mostly makeup and hair and so you know something that especially our age group deals with is like hormonal acne and yes. scarring and all that stuff and like people you know especially before like right before 2020, like people would literally just go to their dermatologist and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to use this thing, go down Accutane, yep. and then it wouldn't work. And then, you know, you you introduced a CeraVe to everybody <laughs> and literally like you'd go into Target and all the shelves were empty. <laughs> and like, I'm serious. Like my roommate, like we all watched you and, so you know, these products, The Ordinary, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, The Ordinary blew up because of you. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand. Or maybe you do. You're just you're being sweet, humble. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is, you really like revolutionize like skincare and like, you know, skin health and everything like that. So thank thank you. you. I mean, you know, the important message that I hope was shared is like accessibility. And that's such the cool thing about like TikTok. And I think where there's like a perfect avenue for you to really like grow in is that like information has become so much more accessible. It's not about like, oh my God, I have to pay $300 to go to a dermatologist to like figure out how to take care of my skin. Like people can learn about the basics and the essentials and the Mm -hmm. products that they need just from watching TikTok content. And I feel like that's like a perfect avenue for you to be able to grow with but like I'd also love to ask because I'm curious like sure and I love asking all my guests this um what is the worst thing that you've done to your skin and Ooh. what does your skincare routine look like now <laughs> I <laughs> well I don't know maybe it was like back in like 2017 2016 and those like laser things 
the the like, you could get them at Target or wherever, and it was like oh. a laser like pimple remover. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. it would you would apply heat to your pimples, mm-hmm. and apparently they the next day they'd be gone. Mm-hmm. But really, it would just like scar my face. <gasps> But I would use it like every day for like a month because it just seemed like to be the hot new thing that everyone was using and it didn't work. Like I was bleeding. I had so much more acne. It was really bad. It's so bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Bleeding's not a good sign. Just FYI for anyone. No. (laughs) No. If you're bleeding, just don't don't yeah don't maybe stop anymore. maybe just like stop just stop <laughs> yeah so that was probably the wow. worst thing i've done That's i've been hard. on accutane twice um wow, so really? i used to have really bad skin um but now i use <laughs> i do use tatcha tatcha Ooh, okay. i think works Love best it. for my skin because i have really oily skin same yep um so i think that that is like the most sensitive um, for my skin type mm-hmm. and every time I use that it seems to work good um, I did used to use just like so many products like so many mm-hmm. lotions so many acne treatments so many um, facial cleansers yeah um, and I think it was like too much and now I really it just comes down to like a touch of face wash nice. and then um that African black soap oh, moisturizer. Okay. So I use those two things. That's literally it. Okay. That's literally it. Super simple. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I have always been such a fan of just like keeping skincare routine super simple. Especially yes. because like when most people, I think when you first get into skincare, you just like want to try everything mm-hmm. and you feel like you need to have like a 10 step routine and try all these products. But over time, I feel like everyone kind of figures out that like, no, just keeping it simple yep. to the products that you know work best. And especially with you having been on Accutane twice, like you've been through the ringer, like Mm you, I'm sure have tried so many different things and so many solutions. So the fact that you've been able to find like what works best for your skin and you're able to just like stick with it and like keep it simple and functional is awesome Mm -hmm. and much better than bleeding skin. Yes. (laughs) No more bleeding skin. No more of that. I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I had no idea that that was like your skin training and that makes sense why you like started watching you know skincare videos and like start yes. watching my content and yeah that's and retinol so cool. wasn't oh, it you i yes. think you're the one who like really introduced like retinol for like really? aging yes. yes and i was like i never i don't even think i heard of retinol before before you really? okay. and so i was yes. like i'm gonna go try that and then <laughs> i used the inculist retinol oh, that, that was one. the first one i ever tried and it was great it was great it was Good. a little harsh on my skin personally yeah. just because it just does that mm-hmm. like it's you know not for people who have very sensitive skin yeah and yeah. it takes a while to get like into the retinol game it's a little mm-hmm. intimidating at first because typically when you first use retinol your skin is like oh my god yes. what is happening right. it's like freaking out and then you have to like desensitize your skin a little bit to uh-huh. it but oh that's awesome okay yes. i love love the skincare routine thanks for sharing thank you so, for like, all your help of course oh my gosh i'm so like thank you again for like watching watching my content oh please like, really you do not have to thank me <laughs> thank you <laughs> of course of course i'm glad it can make like the information more accessible and a little bit like easier to understand for sure so I want to like get into kind of like your personal journey and like, because I think everyone on TikTok has been able to see like just how much you have like blown up. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's been incredible. And, and since, I mean, obviously like I, I personally only discovered you like once you really started blowing up, but like from the first video that I found, I was like, this person understands TikTok and like, <laughs> understand the community and like, just how to make hilarious comedic super entertaining content which does not come naturally you know it's like difficult to find and when I was um I was doing you know a little bit of research on you before this and I I was not surprised at all I was like oh my god of course she's a theater kid like I love it I totally (laughs) see it like confirmation bias because I was like I just get that vibe and like I grew up doing theater too (gasps) so like yeah yeah like so I could totally like get that vibe and I saw that you like you were heavily involved in like um, musicals and theater productions and mm-hmm. stage competitions, like all that kind of stuff b- before like going, I guess, to college to oh, literally yeah. like specialize in that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that kind of helped pave the way for your TikTok content? 1000%. And it's yeah. funny because like I'd never, 
uh, discovered my comedic side until mm. I went to college because oh, really? everything I played in high school was like super serious and dramatic wow. and like the the dying wife in in a in a musical <laughs> like everything was so just crazy dramatic and I always mm -hmm. knew I had like a goofy personality but I never really like let it show through mm -hmm. um, until I played um, Paulette in Legally Blonde oh, in college. Oh, so fun. I was, I, was I was literally 20 years old when I was like, oh my gosh, like I can be really goofy. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. That was like the most fun I had ever done, like doing a, a show. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I was just, I just want to play parts like this for like yeah. the rest of my life. Like this is where like I am the most happy. I feel the most fulfilled. And so I, everything I did on TikTok was funny because that's where I felt like the most comfortable and that was like the truest form of like myself that mm -hmm. I could give to everyone and so I that is something I really just want to do you know for the rest of my life is like comedic stuff and so I just want to tie it into like everything that I do like if I continue doing makeup content and mm -hmm. you know potentially hair like any of that stuff I just want to keep you know, that part of me, a, you know, a part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, but I love it. I mean, like, that's one another thing I was going to ask. Like, you know, obviously, the it's been so cool just to, like, see your growth on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And it's brought about so many opportunities. And especially if you're getting into the beauty space and stuff, like, oh, my gosh, so many more opportunities are going to come your way. Um, do you see yourself, like, continuing to pursue, like, acting or theater performance? I, I really would love to. I mean, because okay. that is where, like, I feel home is being on stage. There is literally nothing like – there's nothing like live theater. Mm -hmm. And as, as you know, a fellow theater performer. Yeah. So it, it, this past summer, I actually um, spent time at the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera, which is a huge – Opera. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. So they – um. They're actually a really huge uh, regional theater company in the country. Um, they, they have like thousands and thousands of people who audition every year. And mm -hmm. they only cast like maybe 50 to 60 wow. people total um, throughout the whole summer. So I did three shows there this past summer. Oh and gosh. it was a dream come true. The, the theater is called uh, the Benedum Center, which holds like maybe three to 4,000 people. Wow. Um, okay. So And we had like, you know, practically a sold out you know, venue every single night. So it was wow. just so great. I did uh, Kinky Boots. I did oh, Sister fun. Act and oh The God. Drowsy Chaperone. Oh, my God. What fun shows. Such Those fun are all shows. a blast. Yeah. And they're like all comedies. So I was like, yeah. yes, this is like great. This is so fun for me to, to do. Yeah. Um, and so I had so much fun doing that. It was a challenge, though, because on top of that, I was also content creating. Mm -hmm. And so, I, and because I would be in the rehearsal room for eight to nine hours a day, yeah. I was like, you know, I, now I have to go home. I need to film my content, film my brand deals, you know, all that stuff mm -hmm. that's really um, hard to balance. And I, I hope, you know, the next time I do a show, because mm -hmm. I definitely will be doing yeah. other productions, good, I'm sure, good. in the future. That's something I love to do. But I would love to figure out a way to like balance it mm -hmm. because I mean, same thing with you. You're balancing all these things: your ba your business, your podcast, your content, your oh, TikToks, your balance YouTube. is an overstatement. I yeah. don't think there's much balance in my life. Oh my gosh, I don't know how you do it because you really know how to juggle it all. Well, thank you. I don't mm -hmm. know how you do it either because like one thing as well that I think like maybe isn't spoken about in the content creation space is the energy that you like that you have to output in creating content and especially mm -hmm. for yours because you know it's not like you're doing asmr videos or something your <laughs> content is like high energy super yes. funny and like it can be difficult like as a you know standard content creator okay <laughs> bless you <laughs> that was the weirdest sneeze <laughs> no you're all good you're all good it can be challenging as like just a standard content creator to find the energy to create videos where you have mm -hmm. to be like on your a game yeah. you have to be like excited and positive energy all the time For and sure. just kind of giving it your all similar to like i'd say like how you know and this is me speaking from personal experience like when you're performing on stage like when you're out on mm -hmm. stage you have to give it your all like there's no 50 percent. i feel like it's a similar vibe with content creation especially for the content that you do but trying to balance that with like 
performing for like eight to nine hours Mm -hmm. while having all that energy on TikTok. It is tough, like having to have that energy on the days where you're just like, I'm fucking exhausted and I'm tired and I don't want to do this anymore. Like, how do you, how do you keep that? that positive energy I mean yeah it's definitely a challenge some days I don't have it Mm -hmm. some days I do um but really like setting a schedule for myself if I have a Mm -hmm. day off like I will spend that time you know making content then draft it and then I'll post it throughout the week that's definitely you know the best the -hmm. best way of doing things but um if I really need to get a video done because I really try to post every single day Mm -hmm. it is something that like I feel like I need to do because it's like my job it's like mm-hmm. my full-time job so i if i take a day off oh my gosh if i don't have that energy in me i feel like such a failure and mm-hmm. i really like hate that feeling mm-hmm. like just because like i don't have the energy or i'm sick and i i literally can't make something good or quality like that is the worst feeling like knowing that you can't do something one day or yes. the next day or like two or three days it's like not in you or you feel burnout and like it's the <laughs> just that feeling of like yeah of being like a failure like I hate that the internet has kind of like tricked us and mm-hmm. trained us to think that way like mm-hmm. if we don't or if we don't have a, a video that goes viral like because like the numbers are all that matters you know yeah. it's it is a very draining you know mindset to be in but like you really can't like live in it you have to just like keep going and just like trust yourself and trust your audience and trust that everyone there is um you know like your friend your companion you they want to see you succeed they Mm -hmm. want you to take the time off if you need it and Mm -hmm. so seeing that sometimes is actually really refreshing and it makes me feel like you know what okay I can take a day off or I can um take a, a little break for myself you know if I really need it because like you know it's it's such a weird new yeah. career that we're in oh my you know? gosh it's like so bizarre it and is. it's it's funny because like it, it it's very easy to feel like a slave to that algorithm yes, kind of yes. thing where you feel guilty for any moments that aren't exploited for content creation for Mm -hmm. you know um creating videos whatever it may be like I I don't know if you experienced this like being in Hawaii like where it's kind of considered vacation but like anytime like I go on a vacation anytime I'm like traveling anywhere Uh um anytime I'm doing something fun like a hike or going to a cool place or something the immediate mindset is like oh my gosh, I should be making content. Mm -hmm. I should be filming part of this. I should be showing it because it could be content for this. this. It's very easy to like mentally be tricked into that mindset because you're so used to just like, I have to just like take advantage of every single opportunity Mm -hmm. when you're always in that like mindset, which is not healthy at all. Like, I don't know if that's something that you've experienced too. 100%. (laughs) Every single time I'm traveling or somewhere, I just feel like I need to document. And if I don't, then like, what are you doing? It's like, it's crazy. And I think like TikTok especially is like the strictest, Mm -hmm. has the strictest algorithm, like Mm -hmm. consistency is key. And, um, you know, if you are not like documenting your whole life, it, it's like, what are you, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah. <laughs> but yes. it's like, I, I don't want to have to feel like I have to live that way. I should have privacy. I should yep. have things that I should keep to myself and just experience and like keep locked up here instead yeah. of on my phone, you know? So yeah. I think that that I, I am lucky to like be in a, in a point in my like career where I can do something like that. And, um, you know, hopefully not beat myself up too much over it. You know? That's good. That's good. Cause that's another thing I was going to ask. And I'm always curious, you know, with, with anyone in, in this sector, um, is like, how do you prioritize that balance? Um, keep that clear delineation mm-hmm. between, you know, what is work and what is, you know, you time or, yeah. or what is private for you? And like, how do you prioritize your, your mental health? Because I think, anyone who's watched enough of these episodes or really just heard a lot of content creators open up. Mm -hmm. Like I think we have such a privileged job in every sense of the word, because like it's so cool to be able to create content Mm -hmm. with whatever you're doing, but there's a very serious mental toll that comes along with it. um, That because this industry is so new, I feel like a lot of content creators are kind of, you know, like 
chickens with their heads caught off running around, yeah. not knowing what to do in terms of prioritizing mental health. Like how, how do you prioritize your own and how do you, how do you take that time for yourself? Yeah. It's really nice because like I, <laughs> I'm in a relationship where like my boyfriend doesn't have any social media. Oh, like he they is, exist. Right? Oh my gosh. It's, you are lucky. <laughs> I know. It's pretty great. So having that, like, that's kind of like my escape is Mm -hmm. like whenever I go to him, like he doesn't know anything about TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like he doesn't know anything. And like, I don't, I don't post him because he likes to keep his private life private. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't want his name out there, you know, his job, like nothing like that. So, um, it's really nice. Cause like at the end of the day, like after I'm done with like my work, I can just go to him, put the phone down and just like be in the moment with, with him. And that's so, so nice. And, um, I also, I'm really close with my family as well. And, um, you know, I like to go be with my sister and, you know, go see my parents and my grandparents. And they, they love to hear about all this stuff and Mm -hmm. like all the adventures that I go on in LA (laughs) and, you know, going from LA to New York and whatnot. And so, um, being able to just like be there with them and and talk to them about everything is like really super cool but like they don't ever get like too um aggressive about it um so that's nice um but i i definitely have like a lot of uh balance in my life i feel like it's not like every single person and every single experience is like about posting uh, you know what i'm doing like everyone likes to be like okay jessica like like let's put the phone down and let let's yeah. you know be present. So like that is nice that I have a really good circle. Yeah, you know that's so important to like have that balance. That goes for like any type of job. Like if you're constant work mode twenty four seven, or constantly surrounded by that, it is like not healthy. You need that like time to disconnect to right. be around people who you don't work with um to have time where you don't have to think about work like when i see these like tiktok houses or like these content creator houses where they're surrounded by essentially co-workers who are like constantly creating content or mm-hmm. always in that mindset i'm like that is my personal hell yeah. like i would literally like want to unalive myself if I lived in an environment like that because I'm just like I cannot I you already would mm-hmm. understand this too like always being in the mind frame of like oh my gosh content to do's um how to do this yeah. how am I gonna grow how am I gonna sustain myself blah 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 um let alone being in an external environment that's mm-hmm. constantly perpetrating those messages is just like way too much yeah. and I think it's good to like surround yourself with people who aren't in that space who For don't sure. work in that sector who are able to like give you that open distraction Mm -hmm. I think is really healthy and one of the things that's like drawn me recently to your content that I've seen you post more about is like you've posted more vulnerable content about your mental health and about your personal like life experiences relative Mm -hmm. to your mental health which I really commend because it's so easy as a content creator to just like keep that wall up don't touch that don't talk about that keep it very distant but it takes a next level of courage to like open up to the level that you have about your own personal, like mental health experiences. Like what has that been like? Were you, were you nervous kind of like venturing into that? Yeah. It, um, this might sound weird, but I, I, I've always been pretty open and like I definitely would, um, consider myself an open book, like to my friends and my family. Like Mm -hmm. I really don't keep things guarded. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to the internet, this is the weird part as it comes to the internet, I guess I just feel like no one would really care. Mm. Like, because I've shown just like this funny side of myself, like this is what people expect of me. Mm -hmm. They just expect to see me be goofy and make funny faces and like, that's totally makes sense. That's what I put out there. Mm-hmm. But if I like want to do a complete 360 and just, you know, show this other side of myself, I feel like no one would really like, people would be like confused or they'd be like, what? Like, mm. no, go back to the funny stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that's why I am. Um, I'm just starting to open up a little bit more. Um, but it, you know, I'm a human. Mm-hmm. I am not two dimensional. I'm three dimensional and exactly. I have a heart and a soul and yes. I have feelings and, um, it is definitely something that I should talk more about because everyone deals with mental health issues and like body dysmorphia. That is something mm-hmm. that like I've struggled with. And I know a lot of people struggle with, especially women and, you know, people my age and, you know, what we see through the media. And that is, um, you know, I, I think, 
I, I because that is something else that I am passionate about, mm-hmm. not just comedy. Um, I would like to maybe explore that more. Yeah. Well, you already have in like some of your content, like, and what you were talking about before, like it's so easy, especially in just the saturated world of TikTok mm-hmm. and with attention economics, it's so easy to view people very one dimensionally as like, oh, that's the person who creates this type of content. That's the person who yeah. talks about this or makes these funny videos. Um, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast was to explore the, the three dimensional mm-hmm. you know, sides of, of people who are online and that's what really struck me um and what the main reason i wanted to have you put come Aww. on the podcast was seeing you open up specifically about body dysmorphia because i've struggled with an eating disorder um i struggled with anorexia for a long time well it's really a lifelong struggle you know yeah. um if you've struggled with eating disorder you know but like body dysmorphia and how difficult that is and also how i think kind of the internet and just constantly being exposed mm-hmm. to media kind of you know, enhances that or like makes it so much worse. And like, um, I, I was trying to think of the TikTok that you recently posted. Uh, it was an audio where you're talking about like, uh, uh, weight and like, um, I don't know if it was an internal voice or someone else who's saying like, just lose five more pounds. Yes. Just this. Uh, mm-hmm. Regardless of whether it's someone else or whether it's internal, it's very reflective of like body dysmorphia and the constant struggle that is there where it's just, and w- really what fuels like eating disorders and stuff like that is just mm-hmm. that like, oh, just a little bit more. Oh, just you're not quite there. You need to push yourself more. You need to lose right. more weight. You need to look better, whatever it may be. That just plagues the mind. I mean, what has your experience with body dysmorphia been? It's been really quite a journey, like mm-hmm. kind of similar to you. Like I, it really started whenever I was like going through puberty at the age of like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I danced almost my entire mm-hmm. life. And so as a dancer, you have this expectation of being yeah. like a rod, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be super skinny, like no hips, no thighs, no, you know, no fat, you know, so it was really, really challenging. Um, I had a teacher, it really started with my teacher. He, you know, I would take ballet and he would like grab my waist. Ballet is the fucking worst. I mean, like it's an amazing art, but oh my God, like just the toxic environment around weight Mm -hmm. that is always there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it was really challenging because like I, um, went through puberty kind of early and like I, I, you know, got boobs super early and that wasn't something I could control Mm -hmm. and so whenever I was 16 I got a breast reduction and that was like really a crazy thing that I experienced I couldn't I really couldn't move for a whole month Mm -hmm. because this the surgery was so serious um and I you know gained it back which was really really not um an easy thing to go through, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially after going through that surgery at such a young age. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, whenever I got to college, it, it did get a little bit easier because like I was in a, you know, I was definitely not just with dancers anymore. I was mm-hmm. with people like with, you know, many different races, different body types, different yeah. genders. So it was like a way more of like an accepting um, environment to be in where I didn't feel as much pressure. Mm-hmm. Um but there, you know, someone in my life who's very, very close to me, um, I won't say who she is, but um, basically for the past 10 years of my life, she has been someone who has always been on top of me about my weight and has has called mm. me really horrible, horrible names. Um, and it, it, it's like, I don't know, I guess it's really hard to talk about it without like saying who she is but like I don't want to like disrespect her or like you know I don't want to yeah I don't want to disrespect her but um it's just uh been really difficult because like I've had to go to therapy I've had to go to therapy with her Mm -hmm. um in order to like kind of like resolve this um Mm -hmm. issue because it was just like flat out bullying it gave me you know I was I was bulimic for a little bit Mm. of time and that was like really my darkest point of of like going through all of this with um my body acceptance journey Mm -hmm. um but like I feel like I'm I am in a good place you know I'm also with someone who 
loves me dearly like my boyfriend who you know loves every inch of me mm-hmm. and so that definitely has helped me gain you know a lot of my self-confidence back mm-hmm. um and yeah i just feel like i'm in a i'm in a much better place sometimes it definitely does you know trigger me at mm-hmm. times um but it is uh something that you know i've gotten through a lot better like these these days i'm so proud of you Thank that's you. like seriously that is amazing and like having to deal with that i mean having an internal voice that's already like pressuring you non-stop uh, to be towards like unrealistic like weight expectations or mm-hmm. just you know constantly criticizing your own body is already hard enough let alone having an external force that's yes. just constantly pushing mm-hmm. is like unimaginable and the fact that you you know have gone through you know that experience of an eating disorder and been able to like push through is super commendable i mean i've seen content and I've spoken with addiction specialists who have said that the hardest addiction by far out of all of the different addictions they've worked with is eating disorder to Mm -hmm. fully recover from because food is something that we have to deal with every single day it's not something that we can just like avoid or like you know like cut off and say oh we're not going to deal with that anymore um it's something that is an integral part of our life which Mm -hmm. is why it is so difficult to overcome and why it tends to just latch onto people for a lifetime and by no means like I'm the first to say it's like when it comes to eating disorders it's something that you never fully fully get over Mm -hmm. it's it's always a work in progress but you can get so much better and the fact that you've been able to not only take steps to go to therapy which is incredible Incredible. I'm always talking about like Mm -hmm. therapy how important it is like that's amazing but that you've actively worked towards a better place with that and the relationship with food yeah. is is incredible I'm, I'm really proud of you because Thank that is you. no easy feat especially like in this industry like god damn like what I are know. your thoughts on like <sighs> I feel like social media as much as I love it and obviously we both work in it it's incredible it is man it, it really is a plague on self-esteem mm-hmm. and the way that you perceive yourself and, yeah. and body like and, and I feel like it can actively kind of perpetrate body dysmorphia yeah. like what are your thoughts on that um I mean when I see a girl online or really I've been to LA a lot recently and I've mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of influencers mm-hmm. um who are super tiny have these like perfect fit little like bodies like it personally makes me feel like and I'm okay with this, but like I, well, I don't know. This also might be sound. <laughs> this also might sound weird, but like I don't feel like sexy anymore oh. because like I, even though like I'm I'm like cool with how I look, I feel like I've lost a bit of like my sexiness within myself, um, because like I'm always surrounded by these people who like are the definition of like what we would call or you know look like a a sexy person Mm -hmm. and so I I don't have like washboard abs I don't have like um you know I have really big shoulders like I don't have the stereotypical like um you know what what we would call like like the Victoria's Secret model Mm -hmm. body like I that is something that I when I'm around like a group of girls or I'm with them, I kind of feel like I'm like the mom figure because like, I feel like I have like a mom bod in comparison to them and the way that they talk and the way that they like prioritize like their life. And they like, they're just like literally always on their phones and like, they Mm -hmm. can't even look, make eye contact with me. And I'm like, Oh my God. And and, like these girls are like my age or sometimes older. And I'm like, I, this is like really like challenging for me because like, I feel, um, almost like I belong in like a different generation, even though like I'm on my phone all the time, but mm-hmm. um, I, I still know how to interact with people yeah, and make eye personable. contact with them. <laughs> like, like I feel like a lot of people are still like out of touch and, um, and it's because of like the way that they're like promoting themselves because, you know, sex sells and mm-hmm. like the way that that is um, uh, being used to their advantage, the way that, you know, that's, that's their own business. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I see that and I'm like, that's, I don't know. That's like, that's not me. And Mm -hmm. so I think because of that, I feel like I've lost a little bit of like my 
sexiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which it's is weird. It's weird. It's hard. Like as a woman, especially, it, it right. would just be the the standards are impossible. Yes, um, but yeah. like, can I tell you, like. You would be so boring if you were one of those people. Like, oh my gosh, I would not like feel as connected to you as I would had you like been one of those people. And like, sometimes like I feel like it's really helpful to like stand back because I've I've you know whether it's like influencer events or like meeting influencers, I'm Mm -hmm. notorious for like shitting on the influencer community and shitting (laughs) on LA because um, I I feel like I've seen enough. But like, I've stood back sometimes and just been like what an empty life mm-hmm. a lot of these people must lead where, you know, the fixation is on how they look, where their diet is so controlled, where they're, you know, constantly focused on like the external validation that they get, uh, you know, from the way that they appear or right. from the sex factor or whatever it may be. And sometimes I have to look at the, or always being on their phone, not being able yep. to like really be personable and engage with people from an authentic place. And I'm like, damn, like that must suck. Yeah. Like that looks miserable. I would not want to lead a life like that because the the emptiness that they must go to at the end of the day when they're left alone with themselves. I'm mm-hmm. just like, ooh. That just like that looks miserable, and that's where I'm so glad you're not like that. Um, I sure as hell wouldn't have you on the podcast if you. Oh, thanks, and like um, I guess that's like also kind of a struggle. I see a lot of these people who are like really successful, mm-hmm. and I know because I've I've met a handful of people who just are so sh- shallow, mm-hmm. and but they're like they're really good at their jobs, but it's like I want to have like. I, I want people to connect with me. I want to do this as a job. And I also want to be like happy and fulfilled. And like, mm-hmm. I want to share enough on of myself online and I want to change lives. And I want to, I, I just want to be like fulfilled in that way. Like I, yeah. I want it all, but that's, I guess like not life sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sometimes you have to be like, I don't know. Like that's why like, I don't know, like the Kardashians, super, yeah. super shallow, super like, <laughs> Uh, yes. I mean, I still watch them, but like, because <laughs> we still die for them. But like, you know, they're so out of touch with reality. And like, yeah. it's like their phones are their lives. They're the things, the materialistic things are their lives. And But like, they're super successful. And it's like, mm-hmm. I where's the middle? Where mm-hmm. is like, where, you know, you, you're a good person. You have so much to like offer you know you 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 want good for other people you want to make a change in the world yeah um but you also get like so many good things in return like Mm -hmm. i and sometimes that doesn't happen to certain people Mm -hmm. and i guess i guess i'm saying all this (laughs) right now and i might be rambling a little bit it's because i've been like kind of going through um a confusing period like with with my my content and Mm -hmm. my tiktoks and like i'm trying to make things that um uh, can help change lives and help connect with people more and do, but also do things that, um, satisfy me, but Mm -hmm. it hasn't really been like, you know, it hasn't been as successful as like I would Mm -hmm. hope it would be. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it's just been like a little, I don't know, I guess like not, not concerning, but it's just been a little like, eh, uh, unmotivating, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I wish that I could be like making good work, um, doing something that makes me happy and makes other people happy too. And I would like to get like a bigger, um, you know, I thought I would get a bigger, better response from, you know, the, the people who, who watch me. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't really feel like it's been. That's like the sign in, in my opinion, if I can add, like, I think that's a sign that you're a good person because like, (laughs) honestly, because. I think sometimes a lot of people approach their platforms purely through what can I get out of this? What opportunities can come my way? For sure. And don't look at the bigger impact that can be made, mm-hmm. which is, I think is really important. And I know for me with my personal journey, like after I know I'd been creating content for a few years and I was like, I love skincare. Mm-hmm. But like, Oh my God, I cannot just talk about skincare. I need to make, a bigger difference. Yeah. Like I want to have a bigger impact. And so for me that, that came through, you know, searching, finding ways, being able to make my brand to like mm-hmm. cement in some ways that can make a bigger impact on the world. But I would get so frustrated too, because I'm like, when I talk about important issues, about wanting to change the world, helping lives, it just doesn't connect with people in the way that I would hope it would. Like yeah. people 
want the digestible content that's funny, that's entertaining, that's like shallow or like grandiose, whatever it may be. But I found yeah. that the most meaning and purpose can find in like can be found in the most simple and like yeah. a very mundane things. Um, and I think for you, like don't underestimate your impact that you've had in making people laugh and making people smile. Um, it can be like easy to overlook that, but for you, like, you know, there, I know there are hundreds of thousands of people out there, millions of people out there who like your content, they literally look forward to it, puts a smile on their Mm -hmm. face. It helps them get through the day. And that is not to be discounted in any way. But I love that you're wanting to like take that pivoting approach and find ways to incorporate, you know, things that make a bigger impact into your content. And Mm -hmm. speaking of a personal experience, it takes time to figure it out. And it's a constant like journey and struggle. And it's difficult because we live in an age where people do consume Mm -hmm. such shallow content I'll just, yeah, I'll just but also it. the internet like loves niches mm-hmm. I love like to pigeonhole people yes. and put people in a box and that's like the the toughest thing like I want people to like me for me and not yes. just because like I put a two times speed filter on my videos like yes I and that's like what, what I, I guess what I get insecure about is like people aren't gonna like me for me they're gonna like the Ugh. performance that I put on and like even though I love doing it it's super fun like yeah. there's so much more to me than just that I mean yeah. is that mostly my fault yeah because that's what I put out on the internet but you know but the times that I chose to put more of myself on the internet no one really gives a fuck but I mean some people do but like oh my god no like in comparison yeah I mean it is it's so easy to look at the numbers and the scale and everything and like definitely like I have found that the most like the most kind of shallow light weight not very impactful content tends to perform the best Mm -hmm. but what I've learned um and what I hope you can like really see is like there will still be a small group of people that really understand the the important things the impact that you want to make the the difference I noticed like with my videos like for example my reaction videos would always perform the best which is you know just me reacting to like skincare routines and I got frustrated for a while because I was like, oh, I want to talk about more important issues. I want to talk about sustainability. I want to talk about like social issues and um, how to protect the planet and all these things. But like, I don't know how to integrate these into my content. But the pieces of content that I would make talking about those, while they would get maybe like a 10th or a 20th of the views, the comments I would get, the people messaging me saying that it would, you know, like helped them change their perspective, that it made a positive difference in their life, that they shared it with people in their lives so that Mm -hmm. they can make a difference. Like the, the qualitative aspect of the engagement that I saw and the deep connection that was formed with people so much further than what was just crazy high view counts Mm -hmm. or like, you know, attention or whatever made, for me so much bigger of a difference and when I learned to like really connect with those people it helped make it helped me understand like okay at least some difference is being made at least it's not just like entertaining videos and I think like the same is definitely for you and especially like with the videos that I've seen where you've talked about body dysmorphia where you've Mm -hmm. talked about mental health like that is starting a really important conversation and connecting with people on that deeper level in in such an impactful way. So I think like, just like keep going at it. Like, cause I know for me, it makes a positive impact and it is for so many other people. Yeah. And I'd love like, as we can like kind of wrap up, I'd love to ask you like, what are the ways that you want to change the world? Like what impact do you want to make? Like whether it be through your content or not, mm-hmm. like you, you've talked about it and it's so cool to see that you have that passion. Like what, what do you want? I definitely want people to know that it's definitely okay to like be in touch with like, you know, their struggles and what they're dealing with, you know, whether, whether they're happy, whether they're sad, whether they're angry, you know, the way that we express ourselves, um, some people are really like scared to really just like open up about that. And so I really would love to, you know, express that through my content and hopefully, you know, touch some of these people who really are scared to open up and they're not vulnerable. Mm. And, you know, I, I think, um, I just really want people to like learn about, you know, me and, uh, you know, what I have to offer whenever it comes to that kind of stuff, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but you know, I, I, I do like to be happy and I like to, you know, I love to spread positivity in my content as well. So doing it in like a, 
in a way that, you know, makes it okay to talk about because like, you know, like I, to make super deep, serious um, content, like that isn't me and that's not how I like to express myself. But like, um, you know, I, but I think that doing it in a positive way, like how I've kind of started doing like through some of my videos, like, you know, doing a story time while doing my makeup or my hair or something yeah. like that. So making that like super conversational is definitely something that I want to play into, you know, with, with my content so that um, people know that it's not a super, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing to talk about yes. your, your feelings and your emotions and your, um, you know, all that stuff. So hopefully by being able to um, connect with people so that they can like, you know, I want people to trust me. I want people to, you know, be able to feel like they can hold my hand, you know, during, you know, their darkest time. I just Mm want to be there to really, you know, help people who are, you know, going through something sad or bad or happy or mad or, you know, whatever it is. And I just want to like be there for them. I love that. That was so beautifully said. I think there's such an importance on like, people being able to feel their emotions, express their emotions. And honestly, I like, I hope you just continue leading by example, because as I've said in so many podcast episodes, never underestimate the power of a story. And just by you showing that yourself, the positive emotions, negative emotions, whatever it may be, your vulnerability, uh, it will encourage other people to do the same. So like, I think it's beautiful. Please thank like you. stay humble. You're like so grounded, such oh, a humble stop. person. So like, are you? Oh my you. god! Thank Literally, you. my dreams have been true today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for for everyone me. who's watching, where can they follow you? Um, I'm mostly on TikTok and Instagram at Jess Val Ortiz. Yes, be sure to check out our TikToks because we're going to be posting some content together as well. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you have any thoughts or anything that you want to add to the conversation, please comment down below. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Just Position YouTube channel. We have new episodes every week and stream the episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Odyssey, wherever it may be. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and we will see you in the next one. See ya! Yeah.